Hey, Internet. Hey, what's going on? Uh, welcome to Here Come the Warm Gents. Uh, I'm Matthew. What's, and, uh, your, what, what? what's your name? Uh, shit. Forget this. It's Mitchell. It's Mitchell. God, why do we have to keep telling you this? I don't know. You should know our names by now and our voices. You've obviously just binged every one of these episodes, so you're just skipping past this. So, Welcome to the present. Yeah. Today we are discussing Alias Season 2, Episodes 8 and 9. That's, Passage one and two. That's right. Uh, when we've done two-parters in the past, we've broken it up into two episodes. That's unnecessary. For this one, I don't think so. No. And I, I don't think this will be any shorter than the last two-part discussion, but it's tedious from a, an editing workflow <laughs> point of view to break it up into two episodes, and I don't feel like doing it because uh, we're literally all going to die someday. Yeah. So uh, let's just... Talk about it all at once. So, yeah, we're, why do we act like we're not going to die one day? We're like, oh, let's let's play video games, let's do podcasts, let's read comic books. We've got time. That's I do all of those things exactly because I know I'm going to die one day. Yeah. So, Passage Part One, directed by Ken Olin, written by Deborah J. Fisher and Erica Messer. All right. Wikipedia summary: Sydney, Jack, and Arena must put aside their differences and go undercover as a loving family. In order to see six nuclear warheads from an abandoned family in Kashmir. Meanwhile, Sloan announces to a suspicious staff that Sark will be working with SD6, and later he is contacted by an unknown group claiming that Emily is still alive. So, how about that? It's pretty succinct. I liked it. Yeah. And uh, no other no other summaries. No very, other summary, just... very disappointing. Wikipedia will have to do. Uh, because I, I, once you get one TV Guide summary, you want them all the time. That's how TV Guide got us for, for nigh on 50 years. With their summaries? Yeah. Does TV Guide still is, exist in a digital form? Um, I know it does. And I believe they might have changed to a large format, like a tabloid style, uh, more of an Entertainment Weekly Okay. Type of a thing rather than focus on TV listings. It should be an app. They should look into that. I, I bet there's an app. A, t- like a TV Guide branded app. Like I mean, I, 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 they should go digital first and just be like, here's what's on, here's a summary. Uh-huh. It's essentially could be IMDB, but with the, the TV Guide uh, brand that you know and trust. Yeah, if, uh, if they haven't already done that, then you should do that, and no. then you should get fucking rich. Well, like you said, they've probably done that. I'm, but I can probably look at it and I'm see. I'm hundred percent certain they. Have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, and I can just look at it and say, like, this needs to be fixed. <laughs> it's it's broken even without you uh, anyone needing to look at it. Yep. Yeah. All right. So we have Sark driving up to uh, what is this Griffith, Griffith Observatory? Or it looks it looks adjacent to it. Adjacent. Yeah, it's right next to it because I think once they get pulled, they once both of them pull over, you could see the observatory in the background. And so what sounds like uh, the beginning of "Don't Let Me Down" by E L O. Did you hear that? See, I thought it sounded like the Peter Gunn theme, the Spy Hunter theme, right? Boom, 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 boom. But yeah. the the drums have that like dun, dun, ch, or dun, dun, ch. maybe uh, you know Pablo Picasso by Jonathan Richmond and the Modern Lovers. Um, no, the song is called Tattoos by the Sacramento alt country band Jackpot. Oh, that was alt, that was considered alt country? The band is. I don't know about that song specifically. Okay. But the original song from the broadcast and presumably the DVDs, uh, Bad Moon Rising. Really? Yeah. Credence. Damn. So uh, they couldn't afford Credence. Isn't that a shame? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's a, I think it's a pity. It, okay, that, okay. that kind of seems out of place now that I think that that alt country had a little bit more of a umph I for really that scene. I really can't imagine it without I, you. Really can't imagine Bad Moon Rising. Then? No, no. Uh, but I, I'm curious to see it. But yeah, what's the SD six <laughs> mission? Uh, Sydney and Dixon. They're going to meet some asshole named Zoran Sokolov. Yeah, uh, posing as Sark's associates, which I guess they are now. They're not really posing. They are actually his associate. Yeah, Um, for some codes. Yeah, used by the Uzbek troops in some sort of uh, border skirmish. Uh, And in turn, the CIA's countermission, as always. Give them the fake codes. Yeah, and uh, or at least drop the real codes to the CIA so they can figure out what what they're being used for. Right. So at this point, as far as I can tell, Sydney and Jack uh, are basically just intermediaries to be between the CIA and SD6. That SD6 is probably doing a lot of the financial heavy lifting 
for these CIA operations. In what sense? Because you know, they're, well, they're paying for Sydney's air flare. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're uh, you know, they're 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 paying for her uh, her per diem. She has that uh, that she usually has some type of uh, alternate set of equipment that she needs to hide and use when it comes when it becomes necessary to, you know, either destroy an artifact uh, for SD six or mm-hmm. put some codes onto a zip. A zip disk for the CIA, so... Yeah, and it's not... You know, like, usually there's a CIA guy in the field, like, if if not Vaughn, like, somebody else that she has to hand this garbage off to. So it's right. not like there isn't some cost by the CIA. But I feel like the bulk of it, and the bulk of the risk, is being burdened... Or is being shouldered by SD6. Yeah, that's what you get when you're a nefarious uh, terrorist group. You gotta pay for a lot of shit. A lot of overhead. A lot of overhead. And good on the CIA for figuring out a way to avoid that. <laughs> avoid that that overhead? Yeah, they're yeah. slightly better at being a nefarious terrorist group than SD6. Um, so what happens? There's all this weird shit with Arvin and Sark. Um, what, what weird shit? Oh, he says, like, just don't... Well, he, like, uh, <coughs> Sark, like, he insults the SD6 personnel. Uh, yeah, he says... Like, I can't believe these fucking idiots don't realize they're not working for the CIA, which we have said several times on Pretty the show. much every episode. We've, we've, so much, we've gone so far as to assert that these pe- people probably think they work for a really fucked up bank. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, Arvin thinks that Sydney will believe anything he tells her. Oh, I've known her since she was a child, he says. And we learn that Sark didn't turn himself in. Right. So Wait, he didn't? Yeah. He's like... Uh, it's like they oh they you know they think you you turned yourself in and so we don't know what happened when they no took... he did remember he uh, they kidnapped Sark made uh, Jennifer Gardner also known as Alias uh-huh. for Sydney uh, kidnap remember she was at Geisha and they kidnapped they fake kidnapped Arvin right so uh, which at, at first she thought she was going to kill him on behalf of Sark but then uh-huh. it was like no we're just going to use them to get into to SD six. I want to get a job. Right, but everybody else in the room... Oh, thinks he was captured? Right. Okay. Or that he was... Yeah. Um, No, that he... They think that he... Gave up? Yeah. Okay. Turned himself in and without some weird Japanese garden ruse? Yeah. Okay. And that's... uh, Well, listen, it's like anything. There's a lot of people working under a need-to-know basis, so let's not shit on all those people who are just doing their jobs. No, I mean, people work hard. They got, uh, you know, families who love them probably. I don't know. <laughs> probably. <laughs> well, for sure, Mandis Dixon's wife loves that Mantis. When's the last time we've seen uh, Mrs. Mantis? I don't think, I don't, I don't, I can't remember. Hospital, some type of Halloween party? <laughs> we, uh, I feel like we've been that's, watching this show for a very long time. The Halloween party, what is that? That's like the third episode? Yeah, it was like... It was timely, too, right around Halloween. For them and for us, probably. Um, So uh, Arvin gets a phone call with a distorted voice saying they have his wife. She's alive. And it's trying to blackmail him. And uh, Yeah, they're pretty much like uh, the, what are they? The elite. What's that group? The elite? What's the uh, the people in charge of SD6? The Alliance. The Alliance. They're going to know that he fucked up his... uh, Murdering his wife. Yeah. And uh, that's something frustrating. What I realized watching this is that there aren't a lot of... They don't drag things out for too long. No. They... This has gone on kind of unusually long. This is like, what, four or five episodes? Of the uh, Arvin's wife is not really... Dead, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like usually the show, what it does is that it, it hints at a mystery... Then it teases that out a little bit. Then it resolves the mystery. And then at some point around maybe between the second and third step, they've started teasing out another mystery. Maybe it's because, yeah, maybe they've just wanted to draw out their mysteries. Maybe they're burning through uh, Francie's boyfriend being like a, a, a secret piano player. Like they're burning <laughs> through these. Like, like, like how many, like you said, that was probably like three episodes worth of dirt and then they're like all right well we had to give oh francie wants to own a restaurant it's oh. unusually uh economic storytelling i think this is kind of like taking the the place of the tippins on to 
SD6 thread because that that was like a major back back but plot he, for a while. But even like that had other smaller threads in it where it grew and progressed and it became other things. Maybe this will yeah. do the same. Um, but it's yeah, it's kind of odd to oh, it's going to be interesting once we find out who this uh organization is it's going to be like oh there's a whole new layer of madness now that they have to deal with the organization that kidnapped or uh whatever yeah uh yeah. arvin's wife we, or organization or individual or you just be some some lone asshole it could be but it's, it's a lone the asshole worst kind of asshole <laughs> yeah. i think it's going to be a lone asshole that has some pull if he was able to blackmail arvin sloan and all right so dixon and Sydney, they go to Uzbekistan. Uh, <laughs> to me, where where are they? Are they in an opium den? Are they in a hookah bar? What? Uh, yeah, whatever. It's like the same. It's like a fucking club or whatever. What it is? It's a place where There's uh, some room that with a chain link fence in it. I can tell you that it's a place where a grown ass man can sit around wearing silk pajamas, and it's not it, a thing. It's I mean, this I'm, weird like idea of what like the eastern block is like it's just a bunch of like rich oligarchs like in pajamas with like like just being misogynistic assholes and like smoking i don't know if that's not true <laughs> about the eastern block if i mean it, it we could have be any over, an overgeneralization yeah and uh this guy this uh kind of alan ruck looking guy you, uh, I, I thought he kind of looked like uh Fal- fat val kilmer or just regular pete holmes regular pete holmes all right so this regular <laughs> pete holmes looking guy uh, in silk pajamas, played by Pasha Liknikov, who is also in Cloverfield and 2009 Star Trek. Really? Yeah. So, uh, oh, Abrams. Uh, I don't know about that. I think that Abrams casting person. He's uh, like, hey, I got this guy. His yeah. Name's Grunberg. Just put him in a fucking X-Wing suit yeah. and get on with it. Make sure the helmet's a size too large <laughs> for his, it's just for his head. Like hitting the ceiling of the cockpit. I'm just imagining him listening to this and just getting his feeling. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah. Maybe he's not. He probably has thick skin. Knows we're, we're just having some fun. I we, hope we so. Yeah. I mean, no, we've, no harm. We've both been fat on occasion. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm on the uh, upswing of that pendulum. Yeah, you look great. Don't, yeah. don't let anybody tell you that. I have a mirror. I have eyes. Yeah. Well, I'm very thin for my part. Yeah, um, you are, you bastard. Well, but, you exercise a lot, so you deserve it. Yeah. And you eat well. And I'll be fat again someday. Yeah, I mean, our metabolisms, like, they just, like, break down once we reach a certain age. Mine was never good to begin with. Yeah. So the codes are in a suitcase that needs uh, a colonel's fingerprint <laughs> to be opened. Yeah. And I'm so excited. I'm like, they're going to they're gonna have to find a severed hand. Right. All good. Or maybe a Wait, you, finger. you thought that for, like, the from the get-go? Yeah. Huh. Um, well, I mean, as soon as you said, like, it needs a colonel's fingerprint, I didn't think they were going to... I thought that they were going to have to cut off a guy's hand. I thought they were going to do some convoluted, like, hand him a glass. Didn't they already do that? Like, take a glass from somebody and, like, scan it, and it, got, they, it printed out, like, a wax fingertip? If they didn't do that, yeah. something else did that. I'm pretty sure that this was, like, an earlier season one thing where they scanned fingerprints off a glass. And she had like a little 3D wax fingerprint thinger, and she did that. So I'll buy it. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with that. That seems like a thing that would be in Alias. Well, Mantis was putting on some accent and some airs and just Does, schmoozing up a storm. So they're in this uh, this morgue, and doesn't <laughs> it seem like, hey, maybe uh, the black medic in Uzbekistan? <laughs> it's just, I, I'm like, uh... Uh, it's not racist to think that he might be conspicuous. I mean, it's. I guess we're the racist assholes because they didn't have a fucking problem That's with it. That's true. I it's guess another goddamn Uzbekistani just doing his job, like everyone in that nation, seen as an equal. So they're not even in aliases. No, just, in, in uh, this scene. Uh, eventually, Sydney pops on a fake bullet wound. Yeah, in her. On her pretty face, and uh, yeah, so she was just in there because, like, when they she opens, yo, yeah, she opens like the body bag. She like there's like a, <gasps> I'm like, how long was she not breathing in that body bag? Maybe she's just got a little uh, claustrophobia. Maybe I don't yeah. know. She could just be a little claustrophobic. We don't we don't know anything about 
Sydney and her pho- phobias? Anything. She's an actress that has to have played dead at some point in her career. So she has to do that thing where they know how to slow their breathing. Yeah. To play corpses. Or not. I don't know. Yeah, maybe not. Um, what is she bad at, Sydney? Uh, at being a spy. Yeah. Establish that. Being a friend. Mm. Uh, keeping her friends from... Uh, Keeping her fiancés from getting killed. Yeah, bad fiancé. Keeping her friends from uh, getting addicted to heroin and used up by her dad. Yeah. Uh, what else is she bad at? That's, uh, I think that's it. Otherwise, she's uh, she's a jewel. Yeah. Keep being Sydney. Uh, speaking of her friends in Los Angeles, uh, Will gets fired from his CIA <laughs> freelance job. Yeah. Uh, because they can't pay him anymore? Why? I don't know. Well, because he's a security risk. Oh, okay. They determine. Uh, why are his eyes bloodshot? Uh, he's up all night, like cross-referencing magazines and uh, test scores. He's on LexisNexis. Yeah, he's at a university library that he doesn't have an affiliation with. Looking so up, he, J- like he stole someone's JSTOR login. No, he's in like the like the public ter- terminals that you uh. can only use for like fifteen minutes, and he's just like, "Fuck it, what are you gonna do?" JSTOR and Lex- LexisNexis ain't cheap. Yeah, I'll say. So um, you learn anything from this podcast? I hope you know, you're, you learn that research is fucking real. Real search, they should call it. <laughs> uh, real stretch. Oh, I don't know what that burn. means. So that was real. That was a real stretch. Oh yeah, that was a good burn. Thank you. Uh, so Sydney and Vaughn are in the AV closet, full of crickets. Wait, did we get? We didn't talk about how uh, Sydney makes as she's cutting off this finger. She has to break that corpse hand. Oh yeah. Uh, pretty gross and then also um they figure out that she's an alive person do they not even think for a second that they might be fighting an undead zombie or some type of supernatural phenomenon they're like nah it's the old fake corpse in the uh morgue trick my understanding of people in this part of the world is that they believe in all kinds of nonsense. <laughs> uh, like, a... like they actually believe in, you know, like wizards and shit. Uh, <laughs> seriously. Uh, that the, this is Russia, it's not Uzbekistan, but whatever. Uh, yeah. That like, in the, on like Russian news that they report uh, horoscopes like the weather. Really? Yeah. That's, uh, they, they believe in a bunch of kooky bullshit there. Yeah. They uh, do that on the Spanish television. There's a Walter Mercado. Gives the horoscopes. I don't know if it's essentially like a news broadcast, but... No, I mean, you can find a horoscope on most... Is it any different from Entertainment Tonight? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Access Hollywood. Because it's what happens when you, uh, you know, consistently lie to a population (laughs) for for 80 years. Then they're like, I don't know, maybe they're wizards. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's that's what happens. Yeah. Uh, We'll, We'll know shortly. Yeah. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> and so, so so we will. Uh, so Sydney and Vaughn, uh, he talks about a watch. I who cares? It's his dad's watch. It doesn't work. Blah it's, blah blah. It's like, uh, your you dad's know, dead. It's like to remind you that my dad is dead because of your mom, and you both your parents are alive and are kind of sons of bitches, each in their own right. Yeah, they're both very unpleasant people. Yeah. You'd be happier if they're dead. Yet I envy you. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, why is Sydney wearing such red, red lipstick? Um, why, she eating a pomegranate. Why is her turtleneck so tall? It's like Velma, like Velma from Scooby Doo. <laughs> a hickey is the only thing that she, makes sense. Yeah, she, she got a hickey, and uh, she was eating some po- uh, delicious pomegranate. So, uh, boom. Can you imagine being <laughs> so adept with, uh, you know, kooky makeup, and still having a hickey so severe that you couldn't cover it? Yeah, ooh, yeah. It's well, a did, long turtleneck. She had like a lot of pain to get hickeyed away and in some nightclub in Uzbekistan. So before, we kind of, kind of skip past it, um, okay. Irina, uh, spy mom, she wanted out of herself for 48 hours. Right. Uh, to do some things that she couldn't really... She's like, I can't tell you what it's about, yeah. but just be cool. It's like, are you going to let me out or are you going to be dicks about it? Like, hey, she snacks the glass... And uh, <laughs> Sid, you know, Sydney's like, I guess I have to ask. And then, uh, but everybody knows it's yeah. a bad idea. Um, it's kind of, no, it's not fair because she knows that they're going to say no. Like, yeah. It's the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard someone ask and respect them to be cool about. I can't tell you where I'm going. It's going to be 48 hours, but I promise 
it'll be okay. It's like, no. <laughs> and it turns out that I guess why how why did she need to be out of her Hannibal Lecter cell for the the nuclear warheads? She was going to take a team to get the codes or something. She could just get a team together like that. Yeah, because she has her own people. Remember, that comes up later in the episode. She's like, if we went to my people, this wouldn't have happened. Oh. She has folks in that part of the world that she I wants to use. don't remember. Yeah. Fine. Uh, so these, It'll come up again. I'll bring, I'll, I'll bring it up. You'll rub my nose in it again? Yeah. So the suitcase uh, for which they had to, to break a corpse's fingers mm-hmm. to get it open... Uh, had nuclear codes for six warheads yep. in Kashmir. Um, so now... They, they don't explain whose warhead they were originally. It's just like, yeah. Um, I may, did, did they? I don't remember. It's just like, yeah, they're warheads. Who gives a shit? Well, both India and Pakistan are, have nuclear weapons, so we could assume they're stolen from one of those countries. Yeah. That's kind of my... With the finer plot points anymore, with the... I shouldn't say plot, the finer plot points. <laughs> because details. it's all... Um, What's the word? These aren't MacGuffins exactly. Right. But they're not not MacGuffins. They're all ultimately irrelevant details. Right. Meant to just get certain people in a room. In certain places, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's more interesting or colorful or weird than other times. Uh, uh, I'm talking a lot. My point is that I'm barely paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> so here's what, I, here's what I do pay attention to, though, is that Sydney and Jack... And Arena are about to go on a road trip, and Jack gives Arena uh, a murder necklace. Yeah, which, basically, uh, what is it? It's lined with C four. Yeah, it's like it looks like a something like shitty and pewter that you'd buy from a, a piercing pagoda. Yeah, it's, and, like, from, uh, it's like from Claire's or something. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's lined with C four, which whatever that means. And if she tries to tear it off, or if Jack thinks she's escaping. It'll explode. Right. So this is the kind, like the the CIA Marshall Flank been asshole. Um, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't they have someone come in there and stutter and mutter about how you're going to die if you try to take this off? They did have, have a guy that. once, right? Did they? I think they did have a guy once. Yeah. And I'm like, this is their 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 Your Marshall Flankman. Flankman. Yeah. This is terrible. I hate this. And uh, but I'm thinking like it's a necklace. You're going to go to some part of the world where they got like uh, bazaars and I don't know monkeys and just like grabby children yeah. <laughs> and here's a big uh grabby children eye-catching well, I... piece of jewelry if somebody tears it off it'll explode i was assuming that at some point that they were going to be robbed and then that person was going to be like take off the necklace and then we we're going to have this situation that we're just describing where it's like i can't take that off and that... it's going to be like you go know, guns and screaming and like no you don't understand and... that would have been good yeah Right, M- missed opportunity. Maybe missed. they'll have another C four necklace. Yeah, I, at I some point. Or maybe we're gonna write our own spec script. Uh, C four necklace. <laughs> it's just called C four yeah. necklace. Have you seen movies yeah. now? That's like C four necklace. Uh, C the Fourth of July, twenty eighteen, because that's oh, when it's coming out. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, C four twenty. Oh shit! It could just be about a bunch of people that get high and don't realize that they have a C four necklace, and like <laughs> that's they're like really gonna give them a, a bad time. Yeah. Once they realize. And they're just like, oh, man, what's going on? And they're like, the CIA is trying to track him down. It's like, no, you have the wrong necklace. And they're just like, oh, what? It's like, they're paranoid, but they really are being followed by the CIA. Mm. God damn. This is gold. Spun it's... gold. How good does uh, Jack look in his leather jacket turtleneck combo? <laughs> his fake mustache? Before that, oh. just when they're on the plane to to Kashmir. What does he yell to her about? Like, they just start yelling. I just remember him like, he's always yelling on that goddamn plane. He's a very tense man. Yeah. Uh, they're bickering over... I don't think for a second I don't know. Like, he's just always putting her down. I mean, to be fair, she did betray him. Uh, betray his heart and his allegiance to the country. No, yeah. I mean, she gave him a guilt baby, and then she... she <laughs> guilt uh, baby? She faked her own death. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, it's a heavy, it's a, it's a heavy thing to do to someone. So, oh. I'm not saying... She didn't have her reasons to, uh, you know, betray her her husband and give him a guilt baby and fake her death. We've all faked our deaths to get out of a relationship. It's not a big deal. But <laughs> we've all given people guilt babies. But I'm just saying, I I understand why he's so angry. Of course, he's angry. Um, so what happens? Uh, 
while this is going on, Will and Vaughn meet up again. Uh, that's when he, he shares his his findings. His, oh yeah, he did that cross referencing at the Lexus Nexus. Yeah, the Andre public store. terminal. Yeah. And then he uh, he does better than the CIA, I guess. Right. Because he's good. Well, because he knew that he talked to the, the test prep guy. Right. And he said they skipped a year or whatever. Yeah. But how is, uh, the, the, who cares? But how is Vaughn so accessible? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's probably ruffled some feathers like these past couple of seasons with his whole uh, SD6 bullshit and almost like dying and getting fingertip aids. So maybe people have given him like light assignments. That was like last episode, right? Yeah. That he had fingertip aids? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He really got over that. He got over that quick. Yeah. But seriously, I don't do shit. <laughs> you know that. Yeah. You, I don't do shit, and I'm never free. And somehow, like, Vaughn is a globetrotting you know, CIA tattoo guy, and uh, it seems like <laughs> he's there for, <laughs> forget about for that. anyone in a moment. Well, he's there for uh, tipping because he needs him. He's, he's, he's vested in the whole Project Christmas mm. Thing. I think Vaughn. I think there you make for time anyone. for Project Christmas. I think you make time for anyone. Yeah, but more importantly, when it has to do with his secret love, Sydney. Like if uh, you know somebody asked him to move, like met him a weekend before, he'd be there. Yeah, he, he probably goes to the hospital, checks up on old uh, Grun Grunberg. Yeah, and then you're like, "Hey, I'm going to order a pizza. What do you want?" And he's like, "No, I gotta get out of here." And you're like, "What?" Yeah, and then like he just he leaves. But you were going to pay him with pizza. He doesn't even expect a couple slices of pizza. For yeah. his, it was it was a whole Saturday afternoon. You know? You you had a sectional. He helped you move a sectional. <laughs> like, it's he's just a good guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's nice. He gets you uh, hockey tickets. Yeah. Picture frames. Yeah. Like sweet gifts. Like Not just, like, gift cards. Yeah, I can't buy presents for anyone. Yeah. Like, I... I'm lucky to find a gift card. Um, <laughs> You're that inept at buying gifts. I'm terrible. You got a Matt Dwayne Reed uh, wh- next to all the soda. What's what's what did I get you for your birthday? Um, uh, comic no- trade? Nothing. Oh, nothing. Uh, I think I showed up. Did you do anything for your birthday? I doubt that. I don't think I, I don't do anything on birthdays anymore. All right. Yeah, me neither, but I never did because nobody would show up. Oh, no, that's bullshit. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, I'm used to it. People have done stuff for you, but don't give them the old I'm used to it line. So in New Delhi, yeah, the what do you call this family? The Bristows? The Bristow, yeah, the Bristols. The, uh, we got the Bristols and... Um, well, what's their uh, what's their cover name? The Derevco. They're not the Derevco Bristows. Well, they probably have a cover name for this very reason. The Blondes. The Blondes. Uh, why are they blonde? I don't know. And we learn that it's... Uh, why does Jack have a mustache? He has this great kind of like uh, Desi Arnaz... I'm not saying it doesn't season. look good, but why is it happening? <laughs> this element, the, the, w- there's no reason for them to be in disguise. I think they need to be. Because they're recognizable. No, they're not. Well, at least there's probably a fear that uh, Spy Mom is going to be recognized because she knows people in this area. She w- was involved and whatnot. But she's the least in disguise. She just has that beautiful necklace that attracts yeah. attention. They say it's a Thanksgiving vacation. Yeah. So this is our second kind of Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> if you want to piece together uh, a six-hour you know, alias Thanksgiving marathon... This is your second piece. Oh, uh, what was the uh, the first piece? Was the one where Jack just shows up? Yeah, with like a green bean casserole. Or, or... <laughs> he didn't have. She didn't have Jack. Shit. He didn't even have like a cheap bottle of wine. He didn't even show up with like yellowtail that he got at the Seven Eleven. Yeah, they've come a long way since then. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad. Yeah, it's true. They weren't talking for a while. A long time. So uh, I'm I'm glad the Bristows could work it out. Uh, what else? The, the score in this episode, very it, uh, like trumpety. It's it's excessively Bondy. Yeah, it's a lot of. Should we both do that? Yeah, that's pe- it, that's pleasant for. <laughs> that's that's pleasant for all the 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 dogs at home listening Just, to this. Uh, heads cocking left and right. Yeah, um, so they're on this train. The Desert Queen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what it's called. And um, 
But they they do a little bickering. This is yeah. where this is where they bicker. Yeah. And Sydney's like, "You guys are being fucking idiots. I'm out of here." And then she just parachutes off. And then no, they they quickly follow. Yeah, but also uh, Spy Mom does their little like, "Hey, I'm in my bra." Yeah. Check me out. So they meet. It's it's Jack's friend Saeed. Oh, I was gonna say that uh like par like a very Bondy type trumpet and like a uh, train ride. But uh, I think the parachuting off a train kind of original. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, I haven't seen them. Like we usually see things. Like even I was thinking that scene with uh where they're looking at. He's looking at the passport and he's looking at his mustache mm-hmm. of uh what's the the Bond when they're where he's in Cuba and he's like. There oh. must be two Ramon Salazar's here. Like he's like that is uh, Octopussy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's, it's kind of had that feel where like you're, they look at his credentials and it's like Roger Moore with a mustache. <laughs> I would have loved for there to be an actual guy uh, that is just you know Jack with a mustache like- somewhere else on the train. <laughs> <laughs> and they, you know, like, and it is like, oh, I'm. This guy is uh, my alias. Also played by Victor Garber. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, slightly differently because he's got range. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe you use uh, some kind of uh, a George Lucas technology. You make him kiss. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just, just a wish list. Yeah. Uh, so they meet Saeed after they, they parachute to the bottom of wherever this is. Some, Saeed Akhtar? Somewhere in Kashmir. Is his, na- is his last name Akhtar? I believe so. You re- did you recognize him? I did. Did you, yeah. you did your research? I didn't. Okay, so I had a wild guess. I'm like, I was like, I'm either racist or this is a really good guess. It can be both. It could be both. I was like, yeah. fuck. That doesn't, I, when I, when I, I confirmed it, I'm like, ah, that doesn't mean uh, <laughs> I'm not racist. Well, it's uh, uh, from uh, Coneheads. Yeah. B- B- Beldar's good friend. Yeah. From, from when he was a cab driver. Yeah. Uh, because, of course... He couldn't have, couldn't have been his best friend in medical school. Nope. No, because he was a cab driver. Um, so yeah. W- once again, you have pulled me from the fire, Beldar. He has that line. Shashir Karup is the actor's his, name. His cab impeccably sweet smelling. Impeccably sweet smelling. Uh, how I know his lines. How condescending is Arena when uh, I forget she's like, "Oh, your last name is this, but you have this accent." Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, <clears throat> my parents you know, c- crossed cultural lines to marry each other." She's like, that's very brave of them to, uh, you know. Yeah, she was just speaking from her privilege Despite there. their prejudice. Yeah. I, I found that deeply irritating. And I'm not sure it's not meant to be. Uh, so you know, this guy uh, bites the dust, right? Yeah, unfortunately. It's so sad. But you get the fun sight of... Oh, uh, that lovely shot of all of them, like just AKing away together. Yeah. And uh, shooting from the hip, not even aiming. I didn't it's even full, think about that. Like that full auto... Yeah, that, it, it, it's it's all posturing. Like Hot Shots Part Do, Charlie Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> the song when they're, uh, you know, after the the gunfight, mm-hmm. where you know they have to get somewhere by dawn, right? CIA station, something like that. Who cares? Um, the song in the Hulu version is something real by Savalius. Who should do all the music because they already have Alias in their name. <laughs> I don't think they were thinking of that when they named themselves Savalius. Well, they should have thought about it once they started, you know, uh, licensing their music to Alias. Yeah. You know, as you say, we'll do it, but you have to replace all the music with our music. <laughs> Damn, that'd be, that's, that'd be some cunning uh, uh, management. Their manager was like, all right, you get it all, but if you get it all, you use it all. Every one of our fucking songs that catalog, you make it fit. God damn it! Yeah, you, you got five seasons, six seasons, six seasons with with which to do it. Make it happen. Yeah, you toss out credence, you put in some yeah. Savalius. Uh, in the original broadcast, though, it was "Walk On" by U two. Really? Yeah, quite the music budget. Uh, yeah, they really just went all out. Yeah, from credence to U two. We've had uh, what else have we had? Well, there's it's- a. There's That's an, been cut out. There's another doozy in part two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll talk uh, about that. I don't know why we're not discussing it because of oh, spoilers. And then uh, this happened a little earlier, but uh, Arvin gets a little package. Yeah. Uh, leather case with his wife, presumably his wife's separate finger. The ring uh, is on it. I guess that's how he would recognize it. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, you would think that he would know his wife's fingers. Yeah. Do you think, do you, think you would uh, know the... You would know by 
by sight the the ring that you gave your wife yeah. for marriage? I think I would uh, by sight I would recognize my wife's finger. Okay. You don't recognize uh, the fingers of uh, like someone you're dating? Uh, I mean, I've never had to like just view a severed finger. I'd be like, uh, I've never had some macabre lineup of severed uh, significant other fingers with which to to judge. That would be a game. Well, then it's like we've we have someone close to you, either future or or present or past. Who is she? Here are the fingers. Well, you must save her. If you haven't, she dies. If you haven't already had to do this, you've <laughs> lived a very charmed life. Congratulations. A very privileged life. Yeah. It's like right. Slumdog Millionaire. Wasn't that one of the questions? Yeah. <laughs> Whose finger is the, the woman you love? Uh, you fucked up. Yeah, that was definitely in there. And then um, the guy... So also, that I was going to say that... Are we going to just kind of... Uh, you could do me a favor and pull what? up the Wikipedia summary for the passage part two. Oh, because you don't have that. <laughs> no, somebody fucked up. I fucked up. Do we need, do we need a Wikipedia summary? Let yeah. You, uh, you want me to look it up? Yeah. Why Why don't you read the summary if 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 you're so great? If you think it's easy, what I do? I don't think I I am. You think that it's a cakewalk. I am here constantly in the, in the singing mat, your praises. Matt Nut Gallery. So that that's it for uh, episode eight. Let's go into episode nine. The Passage Part 2, also directed by Ken Olin, written by a new writer, though, Crystal Nix-Hines. First episode of Alias, writes a few more. Uh, she went to Princeton with Michelle Obama. Really? Yeah. The same year, same class? Yep. Uh, I don't know about that, but they were there together. Uh, and then later, she graduated from Harvard Law School with Michelle Obama's husband. Oh! Yeah. And uh, she began her writing career as a reporter for the New York Times. And in 2013, was nominated by Michelle Obama's husband to the position of United States Permanent Representative to UNESCO, the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, with the rank of ambassador. And then she stepped down from that position uh, at the beginning of 2017 for, you know, various reasons. Okay. Um, but uh, <laughs> like most of the people in government, when yeah. they just uh, step down, uh, <laughs> yeah, just for reasons. Yeah, yeah. like uh, I kind of did everything I want to do here in New Horizons. Uh, yeah. New challenges. Goodbye. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I- interesting episode written by uh, a, a very accomplished, accomplished uh, woman writer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, more accomplishments I would say than just writing this episode, which I did enjoy. But I would, you know, I'd put that UNESCO thing above uh, the passage part two. Yeah, and you're, if you're, I'm just a suggestion. If you want to put it equal uh, emphasis in your resume or in your cover letter, yeah. I mean, on your obituary, you know, it's do you want it to say uh, UNESCO ambassador or do you want it to say uh, wrote the passage part two? I say it could be both, but either way. Yeah. So why don't you read the Wikipedia summary since I neglected <coughs> to put it in my notes? Okay, Sydney and Jack continue on a mission to take uh, control of six nuclear warheads. Oh, it's not so easy, is it, asshole? No, because it's, it's... I have to scroll left and then right. Irina meets up with Gerard Cuvier, and we discover where Irina's loyalties lie. Meanwhile, Sloan informs the Alliance that Emily may still be alive. That's is, it. Is that it? Yeah. All right. Uh, in the previously on, you know, they recap the murder necklace. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and that got thrown. We forgot to mention that. Yeah. And uh, Vaughn was like, oh, shit, I got to I gotta get... Because he saw... They somehow had, like, the shittiest satellite that just had, like, a bunch of red dots. It looked like Oregon Trail Part 3. Yeah. That's how good that bullshit looked. And uh, so that's how they know that the mission's gone awry is because the murder necklace was utilized. Um, and this... I guess this this character's been in a few episodes before. This this wiener. Uh, wiener. The, the CIA, CIA wiener? Yeah. Uh, the necklace has been deactivated. Is he uh, CIA dwarf hands? He's easy. Oh, sorry. He, CIA um, guy he, who showed up earlier in the episode looked like he was swimming in his suit. He might be. Uh, his character is CIA techie Rick McCarthy. That's, that's the full name of his character on the IMDb. Um uh, He's been in two episodes already, played by Ira Hayden, uh, whose career at this point was mostly playing pizza men and delivery boys on uh, TGIF sitcoms. Sitcom, really? Yeah. Just exclusively? Yeah. From like step by step? 
He connected the universes because he was already just delivering pizzas. Yeah. We're talking about TGIF. Family Matters. Uh, Perfect Strangers. Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Uh, dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Uh, um, baby Talk. Oh, the... Uh, the, the knockoff of, of... Look uh, Who's Talking. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, you know... Uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch You're getting a little Eventually, old Eventually yeah Getting a little old To be home on a Friday night TGIF Like when it's, it's dying days Had some interesting things on oh, there Oh you're, you're You're watching Clueless You're 12 What are you doing Watching Clueless As a 12 year old Home on a Friday night Why don't you go out With your friends Taste a beer Taste a beer You know God this is so depressing I feel so sorry for you Remembering uh, being at home on a Friday watching Clueless. This is, uh, this <laughs> is terrible. Like... So there's uh, the very high likelihood of a nuclear war breaking out between India and Pakistan. Despite this threat of a nuclear war, yeah. Kendall's mostly worried about, like, they're going to think I screwed up. Yeah, because he did. Sure, but... Why, it, did, why would you put Irina Derevko out there? It's a boner, no doubt. Yeah. But, like, what about the nuclear war? It seems like that's a bigger thing. Yeah. You're worried about your reputation? You're going to have to uh, clean out your desk, you dipshit. <laughs> like, and it seems like for a guy who's like really concerned about, like, has this all this, he heads the occult, you know, bullshit wing of the FBI or whatever. Yeah. Like, you should, I don't, maybe did the nuclear war figure into your uh, Rambaldi fascination? Yeah, I mean, do you figure the, uh, there's some Rambaldi artifacts might get nuked? You can't study that anymore, can you? At least one would, yeah. But which he didn't even seem to know about, I guess. Right. Um, so yeah, he doesn't even know what he's talking about. Kendall's well, worried that he's going to look uh, incompetent. What was the name of the like? It's the their like uh, special like I don't know like the their uh, the essential the, the the occult department of the CIA. Um. Yeah. It's it's pretty innocuous. Yeah. It was fun though. I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah. Um. The stupid name. So, why? How do they get on a train? I guess they just find a train. What do you mean? Because they're on this CGI train again. Oh, that's when they has like she starts drinking the vodka that yeah. they were drinking. Sydney's eating uh, like like some flatbread, <laughs> the kind of thing that I imagine people eat in this part of the world. Yeah, or that they that they know American audiences imagine people eating this type of world. Yeah, and then, you know, of course, Jack has to be drinking. Yeah, because he uh, hates stop, himself. Gotta stop them shakes. And they tell a, an anecdote about a toaster yeah. that caught on fire, and they had to clear out of their house for a week. How big is this toaster? Also, okay, I was thinking, well, toasters, the beauty of them is that when they're done, they pop up, so you don't have to worry about any of that shit, like burning the toast. So this could have been a, like a big toaster oven, and they just I, left it. I gave the them the benefit of the doubt, and I assumed it was a big toaster oven. Yeah, you Even know, maybe so. he's, he's drinking, he's eating the sauce, he falls asleep on the couch. Even if your toaster oven burns so hard that it melts, yeah, uh, you have to clear out of your house for a week. There's other things like probably the fire spread. They didn't say that. They said there was so much smoke they had to clear out for a week. Maybe there's smoke damage. I don't it's, know. It's bullshit. Maybe, it, maybe it was a smoke screen so Irina could be uh, doing some Christmas bullshit. Or maybe they wanted to go to this hotel with its great ice cream sundaes. Oh yeah. They just fucking eat ice cream sundaes i i'm halfway thinking about starting a fire right now <laughs> and go to a hotel for a week and eat ice cream yeah because that's, that's the logical course of events yeah yeah how much would that fucking run you It'd be um, like two months rent if you stayed in a hotel for a week yeah i mean plus i would probably uh break my lease here i'd certainly lose my deposit if i caused a lot of smoke damage um so yeah, yeah i'm looking at about Five or six thousand dollars. What if you had think renters, about all that ice cream? What if you had renters it? insurance? Uh, good point. I don't know. Would that at least like keep the the leasing people from kicking you out? The landlords? Yes. Um, I oh, don't is that what they go by now? Yes. Sorry, yeah. I wasn't familiar with the, this new terminology. So they go to Srinagar on this train, and then uh, they meet another one of Jack's friends. Right. Well, there was that before, as I think maybe after their little uh, drinking and remembering, mm-hmm. they Irina is adamant that they go to her people because she's like, I know I have I have people here. Yeah. We'll we'll do this right. Trust me. And he's like, No, I have contacts. I got to go to this contact. So that's how we end up meeting this lovely old man. And Jack starts to talk to him. He says he kind of sneaks it in, even though it's at the beginning. He says. 
We need aliases. We need a vehicle. We need blah. We need blah. We need blah. It's like, yeah. yo, the, 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 the alias is right there. Oh, that felt go- so good. Yeah. And then the guy is like, oh, I can get you aliases. I'm like, yes. <laughs> just keep, keep going. They put Jack in a Taliban beard <laughs> uh, for some reason. Yeah. I guess they, because they, that was cause timely. Because it's like uh, they have to give... They they have to make it worth. You just got all excited when they were saying aliases. They have to make it worthwhile to the audience. We want to see him in goofy outfits. We want to see him in dumb wigs I, and like tight leather clothing and we just wacky weird shit. Well, they put purple a, velvet jackets for Marcus. They put Arena and Sydney in brownface again. Did they? Um, I, I I saw that there was was Arena in brownface. I saw she, she was, was heavily wearing, in brownface. She had they had like uh, much more than jewelry Sydney was. I think. Yeah. Um, and then Jack, you know, we got we got to put the ladies in brown face. We got to put the men in fake beards. Uh, yeah, it's got to be like a, a high school play <laughs> in, a, in a very backwards part of the country. Uh, so they get in the truck, which doesn't have a proper kind of air, air filter, filter. Yeah, which doesn't. Then why is it in? Why is it there to begin with? Yeah. Well, maybe because they have to travel a, a more a, a much more arid part of the country that that truck normally travels but it seems like you living in that part of the world you would be prepared for to maybe go to that place Meh, probably not like are you prepared right now to go across town i mean across the country through death valley no yeah or what about if, are you prepared to go up to the mountains you would need chains if there was snow i don't have a car well there you go you stop talking shit when you're not even prepared to, to drive a car if i had a car i'd probably make sure it could traverse the weather in new york city yeah probably but you might get caught off guard anyway so they don't have the the he gives them the taliban beer they don't have the, <laughs> the right filter uh he they, makes her yeah they, it makes uh arena like stay in a, what kind of a big plastic drum yeah what's the, and i was thinking the same thing like wait it looks pretty like well sealed is there a way to breathe through there shrugs yeah it was like the weirdest like shrug it was, yeah, it was. I don't even think it was in character. That's what it was. Just like, uh, like it was just an outtake, and they were like, yeah. "Let's leave it in." It's, it's actually pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the back at the CIA, we find out that Sloan's being blackmailed. Uh, of course, this mysterious voice wants a hundred million dollars in bearer bonds, uh, or they'll out him to the alliance. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, all right, so. The Alliance ghouls, um, <laughs> uh, Elaine Christophe and, and these fuckers, uh, they agree to play along with the extortion because yes. they're, we'll, we'll figure these guys out. So uh, Magic Marshal Flinkman, he... Uh, oh, yeah, that's a good name. He, he tags the Barabons with Magic Marshal's it's, Invisible Liquid Tracer. Yeah. Uh, they don't really explain what it is, but you, can, yeah, you know what they it don't, is. We don't, give his little, we don't get his little spiel as to how it uh, trumps the... Laws of the universe, which all his stuff does, as far as we know. And he, as but we've he's, seen. He's so happy at how good it's working. He's yeah, dancing. He's da- uh, so I'm wondering, is it somebody <laughs> in the inner circle that knows Marshall, that knows how to, to, I think to so. take down his... Uh, who could it be? Uh, it could be some very, very pissed off people that realize they don't work for Credit Delphine, the no. most fucked up bank in the world. Would Dixon do that? I don't think Dixon would. But I don't know. So uh, Jack and Arena and Sydney, uh, once the truck breaks down, they have to start hiking. And <laughs> at some point, <laughs> I like the no. She's like, w- w- we're like, we aren't here, and like they're just both quiet. It's like filter clogged, and it's ten minutes yeah. or ten miles. It's ten miles it's to ten uh, miles to the sewer. Yeah, right. Uh, and of course, they're ambushed. Yeah, uh, in a minefield. In a minefield, yeah. they're ambushed. That's right. She says, it's a minefield. I know how to uh, get through it. So then um, Jack takes one in the chest. And lands on a mine. And lands on a mine. What an asshole. Yeah. It's the stupidest place to land, you big dummy. And then she has to remove the blasting cap, blah, blah, blah. blah. Remove the blasting cap. She can't cut the wire because the knife is encoded. So it could God. complete the uh, circuit and we'll put kablamo. Landmines are so stupid. Haven't we? Uh, we figured out a way to dis- disarm landmines. We had, we were, we were making a bunch of crazy, like. Uh, Can't you just throw some rocks on them? Dr- or just have like a big old like mine tank. It just all it does is just like because they're they're anti personnel ones, so can't right. like a, I don't yeah. Know, they're not anti tank mines. Like DARPA has those little like uh, walking donkey 
robots. Oh, those are so sad. Yeah. Those probably aren't that much sturdier than a, a human. Than a, yeah. Well, you could probably make a sturdier version to withstand like a shrapnel blast that would tear through flesh. Why can't you throw some rocks on them? Because uh, probably they need a little more pressure than that. Oh, bullshit. Yeah. Princess Diana was working on this 25 years ago. Yeah. And uh, it and seems some, like she pissed somebody off. And then <laughs> the landmine lobby had, yeah. to, had to put it into her. Yep. You know, we're 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 making fun of people, but there are, are like uh, I'm not making fun of people. Ten, tens I'm... of thousands of people that legitimately believe the landmine lobby <laughs> probably tried to kill Princess Diana. I mean, that's a powerful lobby. Think how many landmines are just still out there from wars past. Many wars past. Are they lobbyists like lobbying on behalf of the landmines that are just out there? <laughs> you leave them there. <laughs> They were put there. They have. They know nothing else than to be in that goddamn field. It seems like what a landmine lobbyist would want to do is get those old landmines out of there, oh, so he can sell you new landmines. New landmines that you can turn off. That's yeah, that would be the thing. It's like, oh hey, who wants to be the evil ab- asshole that just peppers the field with landmines when you could be the asshole that peppers the field with landmines? Uh, when it, the war's over, you say, all right, I'm going to switch these off. Yeah, aren't I a good guy? Aren't I a good guy? And then yeah. you can just keep upgrading, and you can do that Apple bullshit where there's like, like after smart, 18 months, yes, yeah, uh, smart landmine point five. Sorry, yeah. you can't just do a firmware update. You have to buy a whole new landmine. God damn it! They do this to us every time. Yep. The landmines haven't been the same since Steve Jobs died. <laughs> uh, so. Vaughn goes to India or Pakistan or where the fuck ever this place is. Yeah. Uh, is, it in, is it Kashmir? Yeah. But that's vague about what, yeah. where that gets uh, he gets the, disputed. This was after the the uh, necklace exploded. He, like, baked candle and candles like, go. Go for it. Go. Go on. You trying to get me killed? Or is he trying to get rid of me? He just smiles. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Get. You gonna get killed. Um. Weird. That is a good candle. Yeah. Get out there, Vaughn. You just make sure you get that helicopter on there before them nukes fall on that uh, their bunker. Yeah, you're nailing it. Yeah. Uh, so this whole last part of the episode's very unpleasant. Uh, Sydney has to endure leering sexual menace. Leering from, sexual menace. From yeah. the, the nuclear guard. Yeah. Um, At least he kind of like just said, like says something creepy and doesn't really try anything sydney or sorry and then uh arena lays it on really thick with like i was a prisoner here and then yeah wait wait, wait. so as a prisoner how the fuck would you know where the landmines are it would make more sense if like you worked there oh, I, well, I took it that she like just watched people well that she um <laughs> es- you know because she escaped through the sewers yeah and then had to traverse the landmine field that's so she was how yeah you just have to kind of like stare at the ground and be like yeah she probably did what i said and she was throwing rocks Rocks? yeah yeah only thing that makes sense in this fucking world is you throw some rocks in the field hope you hit a landmine (laughs) everything else is meaningless yeah i don't think that would work because as soon as they heard an explosion they would probably go check it out no they'd be like oh the landmines got uh, somebody yeah yeah how come they don't go off in like rabbits or jackalopes or whatever the fuck is out there they're not as heavy as rocks. Oh, when that uh, when they were walking through the uh, when they got ambushed in the minefield, were mm-hmm. you expecting to see like a tiger? I was like, oh shit, there's gonna be like a tiger and it's gonna run into the to the minefield. Cause uh, it's the area where there's tigers. Is is that true? We got some cashmere tigers. Yeah, probably. Uh, I want the uh, all of our fans to look that up and then tweet it. Is that cashmere tigers? <laughs> <laughs> That's not us. Yeah. It tweeted out is that Warren Gents. <laughs> well, when Brian Eno gets to call in and sending us letters, Cashmere Tigers might have to be uh, what we go by now from now from then on. Oh yeah, well it could be uh, taking Cashmere Tigers by strategy. And then, <laughs> then he could suck, suck it, it again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're too fast for him. Good <laughs> luck. We're too slippery. Um, so uh, what else? So Gerard Cuvie. Yeah. They need to reprogram these computers to recognize Jack's voice as his voice. So just like the most random, like non-existent operating software. Yeah. It's just created for this, what he has to do in the show. And it turns out that this guy is who sent Irena to uh, the U.S. in the first place to infiltrate. Yeah. He's uh, kind of just laying it on thick. Like I knew, I at first I thought you'd be too smart to realize 
that a dope like a woman like this would fall for a dope like you, but you took the bait. It was just like, come on. It was uh, it was all very unpleasant. Some just big you know, old grains of salt in that wound. Like not like not only unpleasant, just from uh, the sentiment being unpleasant. It was just like, ugh, like I'm not enjoying this. <laughs> Maybe the most unpleasant two or three minutes in the entirety of Alias, and that's counting the bleeding fingertips. So I'm glad we got past it. The guy who plays Gerard Cuvy, Derek DeLint, uh, Dutch actor, is mostly in Dutch things. Yeah, um, as mo- most du- most Dutch actors are. Yeah, uh, but he was in Three Men and a Baby <laughs> and Deep Impact. Was so. it Deep Impact? Yeah, I guess so. Huh. So Sark is talking to Cuvy about a Rambaldi artifact, and it turns out, uh, what are they... Jack and Sydney, they open one of these nuclear warheads. There's no nuclear core. There's no nu- there's, yeah, there's no core. So a nuclear warhead is just like in a suitcase? I guess. Yeah. What the fuck do I know about about nuclear warheads? Like, I, were they even big enough to be things in this? I don't know. I was just like... They seem like they were the size of, like, coffee carafes. As you said before, like, with the details, it's just like, I'm not paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Well, because they're... At best, they're tedious. But more typically, they're just wrong, like... I looked up that berry that... Oh, you put on... Arena. Soothes the pain, yeah. Yeah, but it's not. It's an irritant. <laughs> it, it's it's used as a poultice for, like, inflammation under the skin. But if you have an open wound, it's it's an irritant. Oh, okay. So, you know, I guess Wikipedia wasn't the thing Wait, back so then. if you have an irritation under the skin, what do you mean? No, if you have an inflammation under the skin. Okay. Uh, so if you're swelling or something, right? You know, like rheumatoid arthritis. It's like a folk remedy. Okay. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's a real thing. I'm just I'm very condescending toward anything that I don't understand. <laughs> um, so they they're going to use the nuclear cores from this bomb to somehow open this like mork from orc egg. Yeah. Uh, Nanu. Nanu, Nanu, and so Vaughn is about to get out. He goes to, uh, I guess, somebody who knew his dad. And, or yeah. no, use both him and his dad. He's like, fine, go take a chopper. Uh, uh, he's pretty careful. He's like, You're gonna, there's going to be a war. We're going to lose some people. I need to do this airstrike. But I'll go take that chopper pilot. I can yeah. lose him. General Arshad, played by Iqbal Thiba. Uh, he mostly plays cab drivers and clerks because the world is fair. Yeah. Uh, but he also played Abed's dad on Community. Was he? Um, the principal on Glee. Was he anybody in Ghost in the Darkness? Any chance? Did you? I don't remember seeing that. Okay, you don't, you don't maybe Val Kilmer. I and remember. I, I remember. You know, I remember the Ghost in the Darkness. How dare you? I don't remember seeing it in his uh, IMDb. Okay, <laughs> um, it se- really did seem like about ninety percent of his credits were uh, cab drivers and store clerks. Okay, so which is too bad. So this Rambaldi artifact. Artifact. This yeah. Rambaldi artifact. Uh, you want to talk about it? What do you think about this shit? It was an egg. Yeah. They use all their nuclear uh, warheads. Is that symbolism it being an egg? Uh, sure. Okay. Eggs bring about new life and whatever. Yeah. And uh, there's some flowers inside. Self-sustaining cell regeneration. Uh, Eternal life. I'm guessing this is why that old man in the clock tower and oh. wherever was, was still alive. Yeah. I don't like, know. My, I could finally die. He's like, what? My work is done. What do you no. mean? Oh, nothing. I'm just going to lean into this bullet. <laughs> what an idiot. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they get out of there. Well, there's the airstrike. Airstrike. Like, it was like one. There was like, okay, there was multiple jets, and it looked uh-huh. like only two uh, dropped bombs yeah. or shot rockets. I thought it was pretty decent special effects it was okay. for, uh, for TV. It wasn't terrible. Age. You're yeah. right. I, I agree. I was like, eh, it's a little fuzzy, but hey. TV. Yeah, it was not meant to be seen, and I shouldn't say it wasn't meant to be seen. Uh, most <laughs> in, people, H- in HD. Most people weren't watching it in HD. Yeah. So, uh, you know. You, was, you still had bunny ears, or yeah. it wasn't a HD signal, so. Right. Right, even if it was cable. Yeah. It was probably standard definition cable. Standard definition. Yeah. But well done, uh, Ken Olin and the Alias Special Effects team. Yeah. Real corker. You did it. They got out. Yeah. Vaughn shows up just in time to pull him out. Yeah, I, I was wondering, like, there wasn't anybody else, like, trying to flee uh, that airstrike. Like, hey, fuck it, let's get on that helicopter too. It's like, no, it was just them. Yeah, yeah. and uh, then you know they take the the flowers back to the CIA. We learn they're four hundred to six hundred years old. <whistles> oh my! 
Wowzers. Uh, probably about as old as that 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 creep in the uh, in the you tower. You tied that together. I didn't even think about that. I Eternal, don't know. Rambaldi. Well, I guess that's just youth. that's just when Rambaldi was. Uh, that's about how old Rambaldi was, right? Right. So, the but Renaissance I mean, or something. That old man that did the clue in the clock for right. Sydney. I I mean, who knows? Right. That was that we both noticed that that was a weird turn of an interesting turn of phrase to be like, oh, my life's work is complete. It's like, how old are you? Yeah. Um, so to celebrate, yeah, Vaughn gets Sydney. Uh, oh, let's uh, hold on. I want to point out that they have that scene where they're showing Irina back to her cell. Uh huh. It's like I was thinking, like, oh, know, with the pillows and yeah. the uh, blankets, yeah. Yeah, her reward I was thinking maybe you put like a like a, a full bed a full size bed not even the queen or king which is a full size bed in there that's mm-hmm. not attached to the wall as a thank you yeah but then she could use like the bed frame as a uh, club or something she can use a blanket to choke those uh, moron CIA people really she wanted to if she wanted to she could probably kill any everyone in that room yeah. I wouldn't put it past Irina well they uh, you know they were always alluding not always uh, in the last season they consistently alluded to Sydney's capacity for violence. Yeah. Seems like she probably got that from somewhere. Yep. I mean, Jack's just kind of a, a hothead and a bully waving guns in people's faces. Yeah. He also, he, uh, for all his hotheadedness, uh, Sydney kept him in check. And he's like, remember, he's like, you're always telling me to stick to the mission. And I needed to hear that. Yeah. Uh, so there was kind of some improvement from Jack. I think he realized in this this family outing that he's just uh, a, a bit uh, too brusque and hot under the collar over mm. this whole Irina thing. And uh, are you going to cut me off again? Or can we talk about the putt putt? What else <sighs> do you have to say? What else do you have to say? Gee, oh, it's always about the fucking putt putt. No, we're all. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess we well, we didn't mention that Marshall uh, did the little dance, but the, I mentioned it, but that's fine. But uh, we did. But uh, he did the dance and then he quickly turned into tears. He danced too soon because the magic oh, ink didn't work. The magic ink didn't work. So it uh, disappeared. We don't know what's going to happen in this thread. I'm hoping it gets... I, I think the Alliance is out $100 million. Yeah, and they're going to be pretty pissed at Arvin. They're going to be so mad at Arvin. I thought it was actually interesting that, now that we're talking about it, that he went back to the Alliance and told them, like, this is what's happening. Well, he said, uh, you know... Like, he had that little meeting with them. I, it's not like he said that, like, yeah, I lied about killing my wife. Yeah. He's like, well, s- s- something happened where she was intercepted. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Interesting. And I think now he's going to be mad enough to kill her for real. Yeah. Oh, no. Remember? Um, she's dead. So remember he he put the he put the briefcase down mm-hmm. and Fleek, uh, Fleek went did his little dance. And then he went to go to get the envelope from like the newspaper stand thing and the newspaper. Uh, yeah, but we saw Sydney with a fake bullet hole in her head in this episode. Seems uh, like know. they're uh, they're indicating the a world with fake bullet holes in heads. Oh, that's right. I don't know. I'm like, I thought it was just like, oh man, these fuckers are mean. They just put a bullet in her head. Yeah. But oh, maybe maybe it's someone. Maybe it's fucking Edward Poole is having an affair with Emily and they've done an old fuck you to both Sloan and the Alliance. Didn't Edward Poole die off screen? We don't know. We thought Emily died off screen. Uh. It was buried on screen, exhumed on screen, uh, fingered, oops, I mean, uh, defingered on screen or not defingered off screen results in on screen. I'm saying we don't know what's what. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's just true of life. Yeah. And of, uh, Fiction. Yeah. Storytelling. So anyway, they go play putt-putt. Uh, I think that it's just going to be Sydney and Vaughn. Yeah. But no, it's the whole gang. It's the whole gang. Minus Vaughn. Vaughn watches from a distance like, like a so weirdo. We, yeah, like, just go play with your friends. They would be happy to have you. Yeah, you, you're, you. You're okay, Vaughn. You're not like that, oh, I don't want to inconvenience. I don't want to be the... the you're not a, no one there's a couple. You're not a third wheel. Yeah. Uh, Will. Vaughn, Vaughn, what are you doing? Will what? might be threatened by you, but he is very fond of you. Yeah. And what are you doing? Francie's single. Yeah. She's a restaurateur. She's an ambitious woman. Get in She's on a that. catch. Yeah. What do you got? You got that weird uh, mom girlfriend <laughs> that we learned about. <laughs> I forgot about her. <laughs> just showing up at the uh, at the hospital. Yeah. Making sure he had his gloves. Yeah. He's uh, never going to play piano again. Yeah. A loser. Um, yeah. And uh, Emotional Rescue, by the way. Yeah, that was a pleasant surprise. I love that song. Unlikely. 
given what they everything they cut out Fogarty or yeah. CCR uh, they've cut out Smash Mouth from previous episodes yeah wouldn't it be weird if they cut out Smash Mouth from some scenes but added Smash Mouth to other <laughs> scenes <laughs> uh. Uh, I say go with it yeah all right, so that's Reps, it. That's our two-parter, a yeah. two-seater beater. Uh, what? All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm very tired. Yeah, uh, we're both exhausted. Yeah, this is uh, too much alias for uh, one our week. Listeners, our life isn't just alias and Canada Dry seltzers. We got other things going on. We got lots of irons in the fire, and we got to keep those coals stoked. Uh, right I don't, now, they are. They're going out. I, I don't have anything else going on. <laughs> My life is all alias. Uh, so I can't relate to that, but it's probably true for Mitchell. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're on Twitter at Warm Gents. We're on Facebook. Here come the Warm Gents. Uh, what else? Everything. Yeah. Everything. We're on everything. Uh, How many people do you think are, were looking for something related to Here Come the Warm Jets have found us and just like, why is there a, a what the fuck is this? None. Yeah. Uh, That's correct. Certainly nobody looking for anything about Alias has found us. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> but who knows? Uh, if you are looking for something about Here Come the Warm Jets, you know, we talked a lot of shit about uh, Brian Eno in we this episode. Didn't so hope, talk shit. We... Hopefully it wasn't a waste of your time. Yeah. All right. So until next time, uh, I'm Matthew. And this is Mitchell. All right. Have Have fun. Have fun. Do something lovely. Yeah. Be excellent to each other. Yeah. That's a good one. You should uh, copyright that.